0: the soul food sneakers podcast i am dustin i am your host and today is the day we're counting down the best sneakers of 2023 10 of them to be exact and as always it's worth pointing out that this is a subjective list these are my 10 picks for the best kicks of the year i haven't been influenced or swayed by other people's lists and i'm sure there will be shoes on this list that you won't find on other lists and consensus picks for the best of the year on other lists that you won't find on mine, etc. But that's the beauty of taste and individuality. We all like what we like, and some of those likes overlap, and some don't. And that's what makes things interesting. So, without further ado, here are the ten best sneakers of 2023 according to the Soul Food Sneakers podcast. At number ten, we have the Air Jordan Five Ammanière in the Photon Dust colorway, otherwise known as the Dawn or White colorway. Although I guess it's Technically, more of a gray color. This is a great release from James Whitner's Amamoniere, another luxury take on a familiar silhouette. And like all of the Amamoniere releases, the little details on these just go on and on. And truthfully, those little details are what got that shoe on this list. From the little Amamoniere logos printed on the window cages, tongue and sock liner, to elevated stitched. Nike air on the heel to the quality of the materials and shoebox. Whitner knows how to make Jordans feel special right out of the box. And he did his thing on these vibes. At number nine, the Air Max Plus Pata FC Barcelona Culers del Mont. We are just at the beginning of the Air Max Plus, making a big comeback over the next couple of years. And frequent Nike collaborator Pada out of Amsterdam is helping to ring the the starting bell by providing a tasteful yet neck-turning rendition of this popular early 2000s model by themselves collaborating with the Barcelona FC Pro Soccer Club. The shoe is covered in a gradient of purple, pink, blue, and black. It features double-jeweled swooshes on the lateral sides. It features Barcelona FC and Pata branding throughout, and it comes in a funky special edition box. These shoes look great, they feel great, weren't super hard to get actually most of the shoes on this list weren't super hard to get which is just the state of sneakers in 2023 where almost everything was available at retail at number eight the adidas clark's eighth street samba by ronnie feig at kith in chalk white and green this is one of the shoes i wasn't able to grab because the price on them didn't come down enough for me to feel comfortable spending the required bread on them, but they made a splash upon release and for good reason. They are a three-way three-way collab between Kith, Adidas, and Clark's with a premium leather white Adidas Samba upper with green stripes fused onto a classic Clark's 8th Street outsole. With Kith officiating it, the marriage between these two brands is perfect and a perfect silhouette unto itself. At number seven, the Air Max One Big Bubble. This shoe is special for a number of reasons. It's the most classic colorway of one of Nike's most classic silhouettes. The original Air Max 1 dropped in 1987 in a gray and red color scheme. These have the classic Air Max 1 bottoms with the smaller bubble that one's manufactured today still have. But there was an earlier version of the shoe that had a very, very short run in 1986 and included a marketing campaign with the slogan, shock treatment for the road. On that poster was a pair of the Air Maxes with a slightly different midsole, which held a much bigger visible air bubble within it. These big bubble Maxes from 1986 had a disastrous short lived run, as the air bubbles would pop under people's feet so often that Nike recalled the shoes and burnt them all. They retooled the midsole, shrank the bubble, and re released the shoes a year later, this time with less poppage. And that's the version that we've all known and loved until this year when Nike released the Air Max 1 OG 86 Big Bubble, the very first Air Max shoe in its original form, using modern technology to make the Big Bubble work and giving fans a crack at one of the rarest Nike sneakers of all time. What's even better is that Nike made a ton of them, making them relatively easy to pick up for retail, in North America anyway, and more air max obsessed countries like japan and the uk the shoes were gone in seconds and were not a cheap purchase on the secondary market at number six we have another retro this time from new balance in the form of the triumphant return of the new balance 998 c note from concepts concepts is a boston Brit- boston-based sneaker boutique whose name has become synonymous with high-heat New Balance collabs stretching back over many years and many models, including critically acclaimed hits like the Kennedy 999s and the Rosé 997s. They're also responsible for a run of lobster dunks with Nike, with some colors costing thousands of dollars per pair. Concepts in New Balance originally dropped the C-Notes in 2013, and the inspiration was, literally, a C-Note, slang for a $100 bill in the U.S., in October of 2013, the Federal Reserve in the States redesigned the $100 bill, adding some new colors and design elements to it, and this shoe is meant to be a representation of that redesigned Benjamin Franklin. So you've got creams and browns and greens and grays and a little hit of blue, just like the C-Note does. Back in 13, this shoe was an instant hit, an instant grail, and it was not available for less than $1,000 plus for the past 10 years until now with new balance and concepts bringing the shoe back in its original form for its 10th anniversary even the box the shoes come in looks like american currency it's a dope concept no pun intended a beautiful shoe with classic new balance premium materials throughout it's crazy comfy and it sat on new balance's website for several weeks in many sizes before finally selling out i've said it before and i'll say it again 2023 was a buyer's market for kicks, and I, for one, am here for it. At number five, we have another New Balance release, this time not a retro, but a brand spanking new silhouette in the New Balance 991 V2 in gray, or as it says on the website, in dove with alloy and silver. The original 991 came out in 2001 and has been made in New Balance's Flimby factory in the UK ever since, with all of the materials locally sourced and every shoe molded, glued, cut, and stitched, mostly by hand by locals who have worked at the factory since it opened in 1982. The 991 V2 gets all of that handmade love and local flavor with the highest quality materials, and as such, it is currently the most expensive shoe on New Balance's website. But if you care about craft, luxury, and comfort, the price is at least somewhat justifiable. The V2 has a sleeker profile than the super chunky V1 with a slimmed down toe box, tongue and midsole. It's filled with modern comfort tech like full length fuel cell, which is like a gel and cap, which is foam and absorb SBS pods, which are elasticy thermoplastics that act as shock absorbers when walking or running. All of that sneaker tech geek speak basically boils down to an unbelievably comfy sneaker that you could wear all day. And all night, baby. Compare that to, say, an Air Jordan 1 or an Air Jordan 4, which aren't much cheaper and contain comfort tech from the 1980s, and you can see why New Balance has become the go-to shoe for people who want their feet to feel cozy more than they want their feet to look trendy. Although, in my opinion, New Balance does well on both fronts. At number four, we have the Air Max 95 Cortez, or Cortez, I'm still not quite sure how to pronounce that, in pink beam. Cortez is very possibly the coolest streetwear brand in London, England, and their take on the classic Nike silhouette from, well, 1995, obviously, was one of the biggest sneaker stories of the year. Not just because the shoes are dope with all leather uppers in green, gray, and black with hits of neon, baby blue, and pink, and subtle Cortez branding throughout, but also because of the way they released the shoes to the public via scavenger hunts in London and New York City which sent sneaker-headed hopefuls around the city deciphering clues which eventually led to a truck or a nondescript building filled with the kicks ready to be dispersed to those that figured out the location. It was a very cool throwback type release strategy and I'm sure for the people who were able to secure the shoes on those days it made getting a pair that much more special and exclusive that much more interactive especially in this day and age when sneaker shopping has become point and click on a computer or swipe on a phone screen but the shoes themselves are super dope and look great especially the pink beam ones and that's ultimately why they're on this list at number four at number three the air jordan 3 j balvin Medellin sunset this is colombian reggaeton sensation j balvin's third jordan collaboration with his first two being a jordan one which came out in 2020 and a Jordan two, which came out in 2022. His Jordan one was a super bright and loud rainbow colored tie dye denim upper with materials cut and pasted in all sorts of intentionally jagged configurations. Whereas, whereas his Jordan two paid special attention to his mental health journey with the upper of the sneakers covered in pillowy sky blues and cloud graphics, which represent tranquility and mindfulness They also featured a Jordan Wings logo on the tongue that lights up when you push on it. This represents emerging from darkness to the light and also doubles as a super cool feature for fans at his concerts. On this Jordan, Balvin pays tribute to the city of Medellin, Colombia and the blazingly beautiful sunsets there. The shoes feature sunset gradients on the midsole, insole and heel tabs, which also feature his smiley face logo on the shoe and that ever beloved Nike Air logo. On the other shoe. The shoes are covered in super soft, tumbled leather and come in a box that itself pays tribute to metal and sunsets and features the words A sunset always reminds me a new day full of opportunity is coming. It's a beautiful, luxurious, comfortable shoe that is both Balvin's most wearable Jordan collab and is most aesthetically pleasing. A black version of the shoe is slated for release sometime in 2024, and I'm sure a Jordan 4 collab with the artist won't be far behind. And now we come to the hardest part of this list, the top two sneakers of the year, which are basically interchangeable for me. And I'm constantly going back and forth as to which is number one and which is number two. When I did my best sneakers of 2023 so far episode back in July, the sneaker I now have at number two was number one, and that sneaker was the Air Jordan 3 White Cement Reimagined. The return of the White Cement 3 was a big deal for me personally for many reasons. Firstly, the Black Cement 3 is my favorite sneaker ever. I think it's the best Jordan, the best Nike, and the best sneaker period despite the fact that jordan himself only actually wore them once in the 1988 all-star game a game where he scored 40 points had eight rebounds three assists four steals and four, four blocks winning the mvp award but even more memorable than that insane performance was the dunk contest from that year where jordan dueled with dominique wilkins and won the contest on a on the back of a 50 point free throw line dunk a tribute to jordan's hero dr J who performed a similar dunk in the very first dunk contest all the way back in 1976. Sneakerheads will remember the 88 dunk contest best for what Jordan was wearing on his feet, a pair of brand new Air Jordan 3 white cements. Nike even commemorated this moment by releasing a pair of white cement 3 retros called the Free Throw Lines in 2018, the same year they retroed the black cement in its original form. The white cements have been retroed by Nike and Jordan brand six times over the years, and for this latest version, they called the shoe the reimagined white cement Air Jordan 3. What does reimagined mean? In this case, and in the case of last year's Air Jordan 1, Chicago lost and found a shoe which I chose as sneaker of the year that year. Reimagined means a shoe which looks as though it has been sitting in its box on a shelf somewhere since 1988. That means aged-looking midsoles and back tabs, And an aged shoebox. The pre-aged treatment on sneakers, something popularized by Virgil Abloh via Off-Whites, Nike, and Jordan collabs, is honestly getting very, very tired at this point, and I would have much rather had a brand new pair of White Cement 3s without the faux-aged look, but then I guess it wouldn't be a reimagined sneaker. Regardless, I've never owned a White Cement Jordan 3 before, and having this sneaker in my collection, a sneaker which I've worn More than any other on this list this year was a big deal to me, and its release was my most anticipated of the year. But there was a sneaker which fared better than the beloved White Cement. A sneaker which has been the consensus sneaker of the year in every poll, podcast, and post that I've seen thus far. And that sneaker is, of course, the Air Jordan 4SB in pine green. SB stands for Skateboarding, and this is a collab between Jordan brand and Nike Skateboarding. The Air Jordan 4 has been a go-to favorite model for skaters to skate over the years, and while there have been Air Jordan 1 SB collabs, there has never been one on a 4 before. Part of this sneaker's existence is due to tribute. Sandy Bodecker, the face of Nike Skateboarding and the man who made the SB dunk into the powerhouse sneaker collectible that it is today, was also part of the team that designed the Air Jordan 4 with Tinker Hatfield. Bodecker passed away in 2018, and this sneaker was a way to honor the man who did so much for both Air Jordan and the Nike SB lines. But the other truly special thing about this shoe is that Nike didn't just simply slap the letters S and B onto the back heel of a Jordan 4 and call it a day. They spent more than two years developing the shoe with signature SB athletes who would wear who would wear test the shoe over and over and then send Nike notes on what to improve, what to add, subtract, etc. The result was a Jordan 4 unlike any other. A soft, rubbery pull tab at the heel replaced the hard plastic ones normally found back there. The famous plastic lace lock wings on the shoes were also replaced with flexible, rubbery ones. The leather on the upper of the shoe was replaced with a much softer, more durable version. Material was taken out of the toe box which was slimmed way down for better board feel at the toe and padding was added to the collar to better protect against twisted ankles. There were also sticky gum-soled patches added to the outsole and a strip of nubuck added to the toe to protect it from flip trick and wear and tear. The result is a sneaker which not only looks super dope in its white and green color blocking with little red hits on the tongue and in the air bubble, but one that fits super well and is insanely comfortable. And from what I've heard, seen, and read, they perform well in their intended use as a skate shoe. Although it's been many years since I flipped a skateboard under my feet, so I can't speak to that from personal experience. So to go over the list one last time: at ten, the Air Jordan Five Amman Year in the Dawn colorway. At nine, the nike air max plus pata fc barcelona at eight the adidas clarks eighth street samba at seven the nike air max one big bubble at six the new balance 998 c note at five the new balance 991 v2 in gray at four the nike air max 95 cortez in the pink beam colorway at three the air jordan 3 j balvin Medellin sunset At two, the Air Jordan 3 White Cement Reimagined. And the best sneaker of the year is the Air Jordan 4SB in the pine green colorway. Now, I recognize that this list is very Nike and Jordan heavy. With a couple of New Balances and only one Adidas and no Asics who had a big year, no Saucony who also had a good year, and no Reebok or Puma. And truth be told, that tracks with what's in my closet. I have a lot of Jordans, a lot of Nikes, a few New Balances, a couple of Adidas, I have exactly one Reebok sneaker and like two Pumas. I like to think that if Reebok or Asics released 10 sneakers this year that were better than any other sneakers of the year, my list would be filled with those brands, but they didn't. Nike and Jordan brand had another big year with New Balance ever nipping at their heels, and I'm comfortable with my list reflecting that. However, I do want to shout out some honorable mentions before I end this episode. The Air Max 95 Reverse Neon came out this year, which is a black version of the classic Air Max 95 Neon, one of of Nike's most celebrated and classic sneakers, and a sneaker which still curries obsession in places like Japan and the UK. Bad Bunny had a big year with the three stripes and the Adidas Campus Bad Bunny in Wild Moss and the Adidas Response CL Bad Bunny in Paso Fino were both dope. I picked up both and were blown away by the quality and presentation of the kicks. The Air Jordan 1 low, Travis Scott in all of this was on my list of best of so far back in July. It's a nice shoe and a nice colorway, but truth be told, I've just grown fatigued by the endless parade of AJ 1 low, Travis Scott's at this point. There's just too many. Plus, I checked these out at a resale shop here in town and the materials on this version were not good. They felt cheap, and for a shoe that resells for around 1000 bucks, cheap is not what you want to think when you hold them in your hands. I'm not a big fan of Asics, to be honest. I know that they have a lot of fans, and sneaker people are excited about what the brand is doing, but I just can't get on board. However, the Asics GT2160 gallery department that just released was super duper cool. It's essentially the basic Asics 2160 in white and illusion blue with paint splattered all over them and some gallery department branding. And for that, you have to pay around 1000 bucks Instead of the 150 the non-paint-splattered ones will cost you. Needless to say, it's not a shoe I will ever own. I just like the way it looks. I also really like the New Balance 990 V4 Joe Fresh Goods, both the intro and outro pairs, which were part of the a three-shoe pack celebrating the classic gangster film Belly from 1998, which stars Nas and DMX. And I appreciate what J Tips did with Saucony this year for on a few different releases. Those shoes are just too damn loud for me, personally. And of course, what self-respecting best of list would be complete without its counterpart, the worst of list? I said it before and I'll say it again. The worst sneaker thing of 2023 was the Big Red Boots by Mischief. I hate mischief. I hate everything they do. I find them obnoxious and their shoes idiotic, and the big red boot moment from earlier this year was as idiotic as the brand has ever been. Oversized Astral Boy rubber boots that most people couldn't get off once they got them on looked ridiculous and thankfully disappeared as soon as they had appeared. Just just go away. Another shoe, if you can call it that, that I absolutely hated this year was the Nike Air Flea Two. By Cactus Plant Flea Market. I know the shoe has its champions but good lord this thing is ugly. It looks like a monster truck tire strapped to your feet with an oversized swoosh on it that looks like it was cut out of a piece of construction paper by a toddler. I don't know what function these are supposed to serve or if they can even be classified as a sneaker but after dropping arguably the worst sneaker of 2022 in the Nike Flea 1 that Grinch foot looking thing cactus plant flea market is on the worst kind of run in my opinion as is union who are responsible for one of the best jordan collabs of all time in the aj1 union black toe and storm blues from 2018 their aj1 high follow-up called the union la beffy's beauty supply summer of 96 is horrendous It's essentially a natural gray Jordan 1 high with aged detailing, some green stitches, and a shoe that is completely ruined by combining it with a weave across the middle. Even worse is the woman's version of the shoe, which also features oversized platform bottoms and green and orange hits throughout. Just terrible. And I'm not alone in my disgust. The Black Toe and Blue Storm Unions from 2018 sell for over $1,000 a pop. These shoes go for well below retail. The woman's version could be had for less than $100 Canadian for a shoe that retailed for $260. Another shoe I thought was so poorly executed it was rendered unwearable was the Nike SB Dunk Sandy Bodecker. You know how Nike and Jordan pay tribute to the late Sandy B by delivering the best sneaker of the year? Well, they also did him dirty by bringing back a sneaker that had no right or reason to be resurrected in the infamous eBay dunk. This is a shoe that was a one-of-one, one, created for auction in 2003 in collaboration with eBay, whose colors graced the shoe. The shoe sold for thirty grand. The original sample of the shoe the only one in existence, was cut into pieces with a chainsaw, ensuring the winner of the shoe was the sole owner of the sole pair. Well, this year, Nike screwed that guy over and brought back the shoe as a tribute to Sandy. The problem is, the shoe is terrible. It's a replica of the sample cut into four pieces with little pieces of see-through plastic jammed in between. The shoe looks dumb, was apparently extremely uncomfortable, and the transparent plastic on the shoe turns yellow almost immediately with dirt and sweat. Why not just release the shoe in one piece? Or at least stitch the pieces together. Why the plastic? Terrible. Just terrible. I also did not like the Air Jordan 1 high zoom air comfort twos from Tayana Taylor. These have nice materials and a cool story attached. Honestly, they, they just look terrible to me. They are all over the place with the ideas and materials and they are in McDonald's colors they look like clown shoes these actually look like the shoes ronald mcdonald would wear if he were into jays that's not good finally i will shout out or shout down the nike lebron 2 beast lebron's retro line has not been doing well his older signature shoes haven't aged well are massive shoes that were made for a massive man and in today's slimmed down sneaker culture where adidas sambas and mesh runners are all the rage Basketball sneakers that look like trucks on your feet are not going to move off the shelves. The LeBron 2 is one of those shoes. And this beast colorway with its contrasting leopard and zebra print uppers is just awful. This is another sneaker that sells for well below retail. And you can see why you couldn't pay me to wear these things. I don't want to bring the party down too much. So I'll, I'll stop there. And before I go, I just want to say again that I appreciate every one of you who has been listening to Soul Food in 2023. When I started this podcast back in March, I had no idea if anyone would listen, if anyone would care. I just knew I needed a place to write and talk about sneakers. And ever since that first episode, the audience for the pod has continued to grow and the downloads have continued to rise. So I appreciate your time and your interest. If you haven't rated or reviewed the pod on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods, please do so. Also, come check us out on Instagram at at Pod, and I'll see you first thing in the new year, where I'll be talking about some of the best sneakers and sneaker-related things to look forward to in 2024. Have a happy holidays, and take care.